So we're in week four of our series called Back to Basics. We're kind of looking at the fundamentals of our walk with God and the things of God and in church and our lives and all that kind of stuff. And so I tried to pull out some of the, uh, not really the most important, but maybe the more critical of our time right now. And um, so we start off talking about faith. The scripture says you can't please God without using your faith, without having faith. And then um, we had a guest speaker uh, Fred was here and he talked about, you know, keeping your mind renewed and, and making sure you're using the word and, and you're staying focused on God and the way that you think. And so we did that. And then, uh, of course, we had our back to school uh, thing last week. And uh, so we had a bunch of fun with the kids. And then we uh, this week are in week four and then we finish next week, week five. And so I want to talk today specifically about the basic of being a part of the body, being connected. The scripture says, and I, I didn't put it up, but the scripture says, in these last days, even more as we see the, the days of Jesus approaching, the return, all, all the more, uh, it says, do not forsake coming together. Do not forsake being connected to the body. It's just too hard out there to try to do it by yourself. The first thing God said in scripture that wasn't good was when Adam was alone. He looked and he said, trees good, water good, all these things good. And then he sees Adam alone. He goes, oh, this isn't good. He's alone. We're not meant to do this by ourselves. We need to be connected to the body. And so it's kind of a twofold thing. Part of it is it's good for you to be connected for you, but it's also good for you to be connected for somebody else. And, uh, and that's what the body of Christ is. It's coming together. And so we're going to look at what it, what it means to be a part of the body of Christ, to be a part of uh, Jesus literally saying, hey, I'm ascending into heaven. I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead you. But now on earth, as a body of Christ, go finish this thing. Go bring this thing home. He gave us the last lap, if you will. Like run that thing across the finish line. A uh, bunch of people who aren't my friends made me do the runway 5K thing yesterday. Now, let me first say this. When I say I did a 5K, I walked it with a stroller. But uh, a bunch of people who also aren't my friends um, have really talked me back into CrossFit. And uh, so Friday I went to CrossFit and, uh, and I ran, like, around the building was part of the thing. Now, when I say run, <laughs> you're with me. Um, I, like, got phone calls halfway. Hold on, I got to take this just a minute. <laughs> you know? They're like, it's 5 in the morning. Who calls you at 5 in the morning? That's none of your business. <laughs> just put me down for two more laps done. Um, and then Eli, the owner, he looks like Jesus. He has a beard and long hair. So after you lie about your things, you walk in, and he's like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I don't even know where I was going with all this. No, so anyway, I said to my wife, we were driving past it later in the day, and I said, yeah, you know, whatever, today I told her about the workout, and we ran, and uh, we ran, and she said, um, so oh, you ran? She said, you, sh- you, should run the, you should run the 5K tomorrow. I said, maybe I will. Maybe I'll just take off, and she spit her coffee out, <laughs> and I think it was like maybe a bug was in it or something. I don't think she was laughing at me. I think it was something else, but... So anyway, at the end of the runway 5K, whatever it was, I was trying to block it all out, but um, she, uh, so we were at the end and I was actually like kind of in front of the group or whatever, had the stroller and like, here, he's going to do it. He's going to run. He's going to finish like, and I, of course I didn't run. That would be ridiculous. But, uh, but that's what Jesus did for us. He was like, hey, you know, I came and I set these things and now we, the body of Christ, we get to bring this thing home. We get to, we get to, run, we get to break the ribbon. You know, Jesus is going to come back for us. And we get to, like I shared earlier, you know, we're, he's empowered us to be able to do more than even he did. He said, I've equipped you to signs and wonders and all these things. And so every time we get frustrated about government or things in our community, all this kind of stuff, it falls on us. 
Let's make America great again. Let's make America great again. Somebody say amen. And so uh, it falls on us. We're the body of Christ. How are we going to do this thing? And so today talking about it, you know, I want to look at some of the hard truths and, uh, and, and then I want to look at like the benefits of it, of being the body of Christ, why it's a blessing for us to be in this together. And so uh, if I'm a little strong, it's just because I'm irritable because they made me walk for 50 minutes straight at eight in the morning. Just kidding. Just kidding. Shout out to uh, Cooing Guy. I see you over there. Uh, is Michelle with you? Okay, yeah, so they, you guys both finished second yesterday in your age group, right? Third and second. Oh, right? So, yeah, give it up for them and their age group. Taking home medals, representing vertical. Yeah, I got a medal for um, asking for the most Mountain Dew while you're walking. Anybody got a Mountain Dew? All right. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. Matthew 16, verse 21, just make some notes, uh, just kind of follow along and study it out through the week. But Matthew 16, 21, it says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Jesus, rebuke Jesus. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Verse 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. I mean, we could really just go home there. Like how often do we live our life and make our decisions based on our human concerns? We say, well, what are you talking about? Should we not have a house? Should we not have it? That's not what I'm talking about. If our decision factor is like, hey, I'll get to that in a minute. So he rebukes him. And Peter says, boy, right? He's part of his crew. And in verse 24, he says, then Jesus said to his disciple, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will find it. This statement and this right here is everything that we stand on as Christians. We have to get to a place where we disregard our human concern, basically your own agenda, and we say, I'm going to take up my cross and follow him. I'm not going to live in a way that I'm going to build my own life and make it what I... No, when we give God my whole agenda, I'm giving to you, and then God gives you your life. How many of you have ever done that, <laughs> right? Like, is that you've sacrificed and you've laid it all down, and then in that you found, wow, this was actually for me. I found the most in this. I've harvested the, harvested the most in this. And so this is the fundamental of everything. If we're talking about it back to the basics, it's whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will find it. And it's talking about being a people who say, God, it's not my agenda. It's about your agenda. I'm laying down everything that I'm secure in to follow what you've called me to walk in. Somebody say amen. amen. So in our life, when we talk about eliminating human concerns, we have to eliminate the process that says, God's called me to do this but what about money? How's money? How's it going to affect my money? How's it going to affect, or God's called me to this. How's it going to affect my time? God's called me to this. How's it going to affect my reputation? All these human concerns that we put into the calling of God, we need to eliminate. He literally said, get behind me, Satan. You're just concerned with your human concerns. That's strong. 
That's really strong. Now, should we have human concerns? Yeah, we want to take care of our kids. Yeah, we want to do all these things, and we should. I'm not saying we neglect those. But I'm saying our filter when God calls us into something or nudges you into something and God's speaking to you or the word is speaking to you or whatever, your filter does not need to be, well, what about my time, my money, my reputation? What will I get from it? Humanly concerns. It needs to be, God, I want that. Yes, I say yes to that. Now help me make a way. Amen? Amen. And so it's, it's being a people, a body of Christ, a group of people who, who put first the things of God, who take up our cross and follow him. Jesus said, as we talked about earlier, he, he said that we can do greater. We can do greater. But, but the body of Christ, I mean, if, if, do the headlines read that, oh, churches across America are doing greater things than Jesus? No, we're still off a little bit. Okay, and, and, and I'm, again, I'm not here to church bash and I'm not here to talk about, but the reason I push it and the reason that I'm saying like, we gotta, we gotta press in, we gotta call for more is because this world is so set up for us to be able to come in and hit that home run. Yeah. The world is craving for a group of people to stand in righteousness and come in and bring healing and bring light to a dark world, amen? amen. Uh, yeah, literally my office this week, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's heavy. It's a heavy thing that we're up against as a church. Of course, our rights are, are being attacked and taken away and all this kind of stuff. And you look at that. And so you go, where is the power in the body of Christ? You know, it seems like we're only falling more behind and, and it feels that way. But if you remember, I always say this, some of the greatest Bible stories start at the bottom of the pit. And so it's the same thing for us. He's like, ah, the headlines, the thing, they're coming after all this stuff. But guess what? Some of the greatest Bible stories could be written right now in our lives if we're willing to take up our cross. Amen? Amen. I'm tired of looking in the face of people this week. This week, sat in my office with a drug addict, lost everything, has a family, just strung out, strung, you know, it's, it's ruined their life. Uh, I was on the phone with a group of teenagers, you know, just on their mind, the only way they can have fun is if, they, if they're drinking. Culture has just said the party starts with drunkenness. What are we going to do tonight? Well, first we're going to get really drunk, and then, and then lives just ruined behind that. That's my week this week. Uh, also, met with another kid, young 20-something young man, has been to psychiatric places he's never should have been at at his age, seen things and dealt with things he's never... So I've, I've had that this week, and then uh, met with a pastor from Uganda, Africa, was in my office. Hey, uh, you know, tell me what's going on in, in Africa. And uh, well, you know, uh, in one of the most impoverished, so I'm asking all the stupid American questions, like, all right, so if we help, uh, like, how much will it cost? And well, we can build this kind of building. And I was like, all right, and then how much, like, would electrical be? And he was like, electrical? <laughs> there is none. So here's this guy doing his best over here, has 125 kids in his little village that uh, for the first time ever, they've been able to set up schooling and they've been able to set up some kind of health care. But every time it rains, listen to this, every time it rains, kids in their village die because of the diseases they get on their feet. Every time it rains, you know what I do when it rains? I run out in my backyard and I gather up hundreds of dollars of crap in my backyard because I don't want it to get rained on. Let's be real. <laughs> Hope that didn't offend you. But we run out, we get all of our luxuries. Oh, I can't get this to get rained on because my little tyke's cart for my kid might stop doing the annoying horn. Can't have that. 
But when it rains there, children die. Where's the body of Christ? Are we, we're busy? Well, it's summer. It's summer. We got to do that thing that we do every year. I'll keep going. I'll keep going. Young married couple sit in my office, 20-some years old. We're married. We have this young kid. We have this thing. But we hate each other. We don't know what to do. We want a divorce at this young age, and we got this kid. And, we got, and you know what all of these things come down to? They don't have anybody in their life to talk to. They have nobody to help them. Seven, eight years ago, I was a youth pastor in Grand Haven, and I got a kid, a uh, bunch of group from Zealand uh, that came out to Grand Haven. Anyway, uh, there was a girl who was at a party and tried to kill herself. And some of the students that came to our youth group called me at 2, 3 in the morning and said, hey, um, this girl, she tried to kill herself. A lot of people are actually making fun of her about it. She's at the hospital. We should go pray for her. I said, awesome. So I got in my car, drove in the middle of the night from uh, basically the Borculo area uh, over to Zealand Hospital. And when I got there, about a half an hour later, I go there, I go in her room, young girl, teenager in the high school in Zealand uh, is sitting in the thing. Nobody was there. Nobody was there. I passed a church on every corner and this girl had nobody there on her suicidal night. Where's the body of Christ? What are we doing? Somebody say amen. First Corinthians 919 says, for though I was free from all men, I made myself a servant to all so that more might have salvation. It's another one we can just go home on for though we're free to do whatever we want. You're free. You've been set free. He's saved. You're sa- you can live however you want. I'm not talking sin, but I'm saying you're free to make excuses and not be concerned about others. You're free to do what you want. But he said, instead, I've decided to be a person who's going to take that freedom and use it to set other people free so that we might have more salvation. Somebody say amen. amen. Verse 23. And I do all things for the cause of the good news so that I may have part in it. And the problem is, too often we've narrowed ministry down to, instead of serving people like it says, we just like to speech to people. We just like to tell them something. We say, oh, you know, what you, and we, and we preach and we have a study and we have this thing and we just love to get people with our speeches instead of actually coming alongside somebody and serving them and picking up the phone and paying attention. Right. So we aren't called to be speech people. We're called to be serving people all over the place. If I read another article, I'll throw my computer out the window that says, well, the church needs more discipleship and we got to disciple more and disciple, disciple, disciple. Yes, of course we need more discipleship, but do you know how discipleship is done? It's done with time. It's not done with another speech or another class or another. It's done when we come alongside somebody and say, Hey, I care about you. When's the last time you took somebody to lunch? When's the last time you took somebody who was hurting and spent personal time with them? Jesus didn't say, hey, come to my next class. He said, hey, come alongside and do what I do. Come spend time with me. Hey, I'm coming to your house because I want to look you in the eyes. I don't want to stand behind a podium. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to I live alongside you. I want to make a difference in your life because we don't need more Christian bumper stickers. We need more people with some busted up hands and elbows. Okay, sorry. I told you I was cranky. I told you they made me walk. I told you. Articles, teenagers, oh, our teenagers are leaving the faith and we're leaving. It's because youth groups turn on lights and just entertain. Well, what happened to the parents? <laughs> we get 50 hours a week. That's if we get 52 hours. If a service is an hour, 
and they come every single week, which we know that doesn't happen. But if a teenager comes every single week for 52 and they all spend, that's 52 hours we get in one year. And they say the average teenager spends over 50 hours in one week on social media in different avenues. Of, it's not about what the church is doing for your teenagers. It's about who's coming alongside our teenagers, who's coming alongside our young people and loving them and showing them the way and making a difference. Well, we're, we're busy. We're busy people, you know? got stuff to put on Pinterest. We're busy. <laughs> Jesus said, come with me while I come alongside. Let's do this thing together. And he took broken people and he took tax collectors and all these people that weren't essentially good enough. And he said, hey, we'll get you where you got to go. We'll get this thing figured out. But it's too bad the filter of church is always like, Got to clean them up, clean them up, clean them up, clean them up before we can ever come alongside them and do anything with them. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, tax collector? Oh, your, your, your voice isn't even good enough in court? A tax collector, they wouldn't even receive their testimony in court because they were such crooked people. And Jesus was like, hey, why don't you come be on my team? Right. What? <laughs> what? And I'm not saying we don't have standards and protocols. We absolutely need to have all that stuff. But first it needs to be, I care about you as the person. Okay? So all of us have a gift for the gospel. I love to think of it this way. We all have a supply. The church has a supply for you. And you have a supply for the church. When you come in here with all your giftings and the way that God made you is, in order, is for us to work together. This is not a spectator sport. The minute this place becomes a spectator sport, we shut it down because it's gone far away from what God has called it to be. So you have a supply. We have a supply. When we put those things together, you accomplish the mission. Amen. And so that's why the body of Christ is important is that we come together. And now the problem is we've believed from the enemy that it has to be this big thing. Well, I'm not a singer. Well, I'm not a preacher. Well, I can't really teach the kids. Well, I can't whatever. So I can't serve the church. I can't, I can't be a part of the body or I can't make a difference. Listen, some of the most beautiful ministries are when somebody makes a meal or somebody picks up the phone and calls or checks in. Amen. Don't let the enemy sell you that like, oh, I can't do this. There's a ministry down the hall, which I love so much. They're busy like crazy. Uh, it's called Living Threads, and they make quilts for loved ones who's passed away, and it's like a keepsake for families. And listen, the testimonies that come out of there are awesome. Well, what's happening down there? <laughs> Honestly, every time I go past it, I kind of laugh because it's this huge room, and there's all these old ladies in there, and they're sewing. It looks like an old lady sweatshop. They're just in there like... <laughs> 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 and... Uh, and I have to go down there and get my wife out of there because that's what she's, like, it's her dream. So she passes every, like, someday I'm going to be in there with my sewing machine. Anyway, but it's beautiful, and it makes a huge difference. And it's not a pulpit. It's not a Sunday morning. It's not anything. It's some people that are just willing to say, hey, I want to make a difference. I want to love on some people. I want to make an impact because you know what the world doesn't get? That. Right. Hey, I love you. I care about you. Can I help you? Or someone just coming alongside and saying, I get it, I understand, me too. The world loves to build people up and crush them down. Right. We should just be a people that step in and say, hey, we're here. Do you need anything? I love you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So don't let the enemy tell you that you got to be this big deal or whatever. Where you are is where you're called. Peter was called to the Jews. Paul was called to the Gentiles. God made us all different with different tastes and different styles. Why? Because that's who you're called to. Just run with where you are. Whatever your thing is, minister to people in that. Romans 12, 3 says, But I say to every one of you, through the grace given to me, not to have an over high opinion of yourself, 
but to have wise thoughts as God has given to everyone a measure of faith. Verse four, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Verse five, so we being many are the body of Christ and individually members of one another. So even though we're individual, we're members of one another. Verse six, having then gifts different according to the grace that God has given to us, let us use them. It's saying we all have gifts. That's just what it is. Every single one of you have a gift. God has given you a gift in your life, some type of gifting that you can serve. We have teams here that you wouldn't even think are a team. We got people that like to clean. And so they come around, they clean stuff up, they make it all smell good. And that's awesome. They're using their gifting of being really, you know, organized and tedious and clean and, and order, you know, those kind of people, right? My wife, like I, you know, like I have to go around and like slap their hand. They're trying to put labels on everything. This is the elevator button. We know what that is. We know that. Stop trying to organize it. No one's going to move the elevator button. <laughs> I'm sorry. I made fun of your gift. I'm sorry. But we all have different gifts. We have all different ways that we can serve and enhance the body and strengthen what we're doing here. So it's important for us to know, hey, we can all play a part. And listen, I understand that there is seasons where it's like, hey, I need to focus on me. I need to get a breather. I need to catch up. I get that. But you're not called to that. That's not the design. So we need to serve with what God gave us and serve where God gave us influence. So we got to take what we have and serve God with that. And then it's and serve where you have influence. So if it's at your job or if it's, you know, maybe in your family or something that you're a part of, serve God in that. And maybe, you, you know, you coach baseball or football or whatever you do in those arenas, just serve God with that. Amen. When you got saved or when you became a Christ follower, you joined the family. Uh, some of us say, oh man, I have a broken family or I, you know, I don't have a great past or whatever, but you joined a family who believes in you and we're called a body. And Jesus calls that family, the body in Romans. And the Bible says that Jesus is the head of the body, but it says, as we just read, we all have different parts. And here's the thing that I want to encourage you. Again, we get caught up on the singer or the whatever, uh, but here's the deal. The most important parts in my body are parts that you don't see. So all these vital organs that we have, our liver and your kidney and your heart and your brain and all these kind of things, you don't, you don't see. And so it's the same thing in the body of Christ. Some of the most important things you can do for your church is stuff that will never be seen. You pray for the families, you pray for the kids, you pray for the pastors, you pray for everything that God has put this church and called it to do. Pray. It's not visible. It's not visible, but it's one of the most important things we can do. Amen. Non-visible things are the things that make our visible stuff work. Same thing in our body. Same thing in the body of Christ. It's all the non-visible. If I didn't pray about this sermon, if I didn't see God, all the stuff that you don't see, if I didn't do any of that stuff, this wouldn't work. It's the same thing with pro athletes. Uh, they don't televise practice. Well, I guess they are now with all the fighting or whatever, but they don't televise practice. They don't televise the meals that these guys eat. They don't televise their workout. All of the most important things that athletes actually do leading up to the game, they don't televise all that. It's all unseen. But all of them would tell you that's the most important part about being an athlete. It's not the game. It's all the stuff that they do up to it. It's, it's a mentality that you have. Hey, no one sees this, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's important. Amen. I was talking to Jason Sizemore, who's a good guy other than a Sparty fan. But, uh, but they did a really cool outreach um, to one of the local trailer parks. And um, he noticed that they don't have playground equipment there and that they take trips to other places or whatever. And so the reason I'm saying this is because right away in his mind, he's a person who's thinking, 
body of Christ, what can we do? How can we come in? So he's telling me, you know, like, oh, I was looking on this, and, you know, maybe we could go to a church that has a lot of equipment, steal a little bit of theirs, and bring it over there. It's like, Jason, I don't know. Talk to Brad. He'll do that with you. But, uh, but unseen. Here you got a guy driving around thinking about what the body of Christ can do. What can we do? What can we do to make it? What can we do to connect and make it different? That's how we need to be. Amen? And here's the thing for me as a pastor in, in, in of your church. The problem with it, if we say, well, I don't, I don't want to be a part. I, I don't want to connect. I don't want to participate. The problem is when we miss you, it's noticed. Like if I didn't have my thumb right now or if I didn't have a part, it would affect the rest of my body. And when the body of Christ is just sitting back entertaining themselves with other things, it's noticed. You know, they say 10% of a church body does 90% of the work. That's crazy. I'm thankful for a church that we aren't in that radius. We aren't in that percentage. But let's be a people who, hey, let's come together and let's do this thing together and, uh, and make a difference, amen? We, we notice when we're missing parts, amen? I'll close with this. Matt, if you want to come play. Three things I want to encourage you when you're walking in your gift. Three steps, they're good to write down. Number one is don't compare yourself to other people who have different gifts than you. It's one of the biggest mistakes you can make. Don't compare yourself to other people who have different gifts than you. Well, you know, she plays keyboard or they have that ministry over there and I wish I could do that, but I'm here doing this. That's where God put you. Don't compare yourself because we're a body. We all work together. We all function together. Number two, don't compete with other people who have the same gift as you. Don't compete with other people who have the same gift. I've, I've seen so many teams destroyed because you get people who have the same gift and you put them in the same group and they all just start fighting with each other. I'm walking through a church split right now on the east side of Michigan. People who had great giftings got very competitive about whose it was and blah, blah, blah. And, and now sheep are scattered everywhere and we're trying to put the pieces back together. That hurts people. Why? Because we've been competing with who's got the better gift and who should be the... That's not what it's about. Scripture says you want to be great, be a servant. It's not about you. Go home. <laughs> Number three, uh, let me back up. Don't compete with others who have the same gift as you. You're called to compete with yourself and make sure you're reaching the potential that God made you to reach. Success isn't if you're the best at what's around Success is if you're the best at what God has given you. Don't compete with other, you compete with what God has called you to do. Number three, don't criticize other people's gift. It's good that we're different. I wouldn't do it that way. I don't know. They did that thing. I don't know. Stop. It's good that we're different. It's good that we're different. Amen. All the directions in our life all of the things that we're a part of are for this reason. Because we're a body that should be in unity. And when we're in unity, we should be able to notice when other members are hurting. So, hey, we're working together. We're, and then when somebody comes through those doors, who's off a little, who's got a limp, who's got a hurt, we in unity as a body should be able to swerve in. Say, hey, what can we do to help and love? And what, do, what can we do? What, how can we... But if we're limping too as a body, it's a lot harder. Somebody say amen. amen. I believe, especially as we 
launch student ministries and start to bring in teenagers and all the stuff that God has on our heart as we participate with Kids Hope and all these different things. I believe that we're gonna see more hurting. We're gonna see more damage. We're gonna see more, that's the prayer for this place. You know, it's the whole, a church is, is a hospital. We come in and we, we help each other and we heal. That's what God's called us to do. But the, the prayer is that we bring in people that we can show them the light and pull them out of darkness. But again, we gotta be strong as a church in order to make that happen. We have to come together. And you know, the scripture we preached out in a few weeks ago, we're stronger together. The three chord strand is not easily broken. If we can work together, we can make a much bigger difference, amen? So people will come in here with hurts wrapped up in bitterness and anger and jealousy and all the things that they come in wrapped up in. But if we can be a unified front and just say, hey, we love you. This is a place that cares for you. Can we pray for you? Can we help you? What can we do? We'll make a huge difference that God's called us to. That's why our tagline says we're loving others towards God. Just coming alongside each other and loving them towards God. Amen? That is why a meeting like the interest meeting is so critical because we need more help because we believe God wants to do more here. This is awesome. I'm so thankful for what God's doing here. But every day this week, I met with people who I could, it took all that we could to help. We were like at our limits. We, it, we were maxed out to be able to help. So if we can grow, if we can come together, if we can work together, if we can come alongside each other and we can grow and we can do more, then we can help more. Somebody say amen. amen. So the interest meeting, be a part of that. If, you're, you know, if you haven't connected or whatever, like I said, it's not about being a, a pastor or a singer or whatever. We do all kinds of stuff here that makes a huge difference in helping people. We put down this platform, we hang up the curtains. We, like I said, we clean, we do all kinds of different ministries. We got our prayer teams. We have all kinds of great stuff that we'd love for you to be a part of. Help us strengthen the body so that we can do more, not get more. We wanna be able to do more. Because one day I'd love to sit in my office And be overwhelmed with all the home runs. Man, Monday was awesome. We did this, this, this man, all these. Now, I, lo- I appreciate that our office and every day is full of real need. I'm so thankful that God trusts us to send them to us. Amen. But I know there's wakes of people behind that that need help. Even here in pure Michigan, Holland, there's more we can do. Amen. Will you please stand to your feet? My encouragement to you as we pray out in just a minute is ask God this week, what are some things in my life that maybe I need to eliminate human concern? I'm not doing that because I'm a little worried about this, that, or the other. God, what what are the areas that I need to trust you more and that he'll meet your need? The other thing I wanna encourage you in is ask God, God, how can I be used? It's the whole scripture. And we said, hey, who would go? And the immediate response is, here I am, Lord, send me. Help me make a difference. Use me to make a difference. Amen? So this week, my challenge to you is almost homework. Sit down, study, ask God, God, how can I be used? If you feel led to come to that interest meeting, come to that interest meeting and hear 
the things that we're doing as a church coming up in the fall and areas that you can participate. If you can't make the meeting, email us. I'd love to catch you up and maybe talk to you on the phone or have a lunch and let you know what we're doing. But let's make a difference in our community. Let's, let's hit this fall really hard. We're going to be, of course, part of Kids Hope and just different things in the community that if we come in strong, we can really change some stories in our community. Amen. A couple of things. Our prayer team is going to come forward. They're going to be up here uh, to pray with you and believe with you anything that you may have. And then uh, before I pray, I also want to encourage you, our one-for-one jar uh, is out at the information booth, and uh, you can hit that up and, of course, pre-order your books or pick up the other book. But um, but let's pray. But I don't want to pray in a way like, oh, this is the last prayer we're in the service. I want to pray in a way that you're taking this prayer and you're bringing it home with you and you're continuing the prayer and the conversation with God. You're just... Yes, God, continue to do this work in me. So let's pray this. I'll pray, God, we are your body. We're called Vertical Church, but Lord, we're a part of a huge body in this world. And God, we want to be active players. We want to be people who make a difference. Lord, though we've been set free, we want to make ourselves servants to others. We don't want to be people who give speeches or any of those cliches. God, we want to be a people who come alongside and do life with people and make a difference and engage. God, I pray this week that you help us trust you in the areas that we may be a little too heaven or a little too heavy on human concern. What are the areas that we're holding back because we have concern, but there are areas that we maybe need to trust you more. God, I pray that you stir in us the ways that you could use us, particularly in this church, but also in our community. God, give us a vision for how we can make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say amen.